Clearshore presents The Quantum Technology Ecosystem Explained by Steve Blank, March 22, 2022 at steveblank.com. If you think you understand quantum mechanics, you don't understand quantum mechanics. Richard Feynman. Tens of billions of public and private capital are being invested in quantum technologies. Countries across the world have realized that quantum technologies can be a major disruptor of existing business and change the balance of military power. So much so that they have collectively invested about $24 billion in quantum research and applications. At the same time, a week doesn't go by without another story about a quantum technology milestone or another quantum company getting funded. Quantum has moved out of the lab and is now the focus of commercial companies and investors. In 2021, venture capital funds invested over $2 billion in 90-plus quantum technology companies, over a billion dollars of it going to quantum computing companies. In the last six months, quantum computing companies IonQ, D-Wave, and Rigetti went public at valuations close to a billion and a half dollars. Pretty amazing for computers that won't be any better than existing systems for at least another decade or more. So why the excitement about quantum? While most of the IPOs have been in quantum computing, quantum technologies are used in three very different and distinct markets. Quantum computing, quantum communications, and quantum sensing and metrology. All three of these markets have the potential for being disruptive. In time, quantum computing could obsolete existing cryptography systems, but viable commercial applications are still speculative. Quantum communications could allow secure networking, but are not a viable near-term business. Quantum sensors could create new types of medical devices, as well as new classes of military applications, but are still far from a scalable business. It's a pretty safe bet that, one, the largest commercial applications of quantum technologies won't be the ones these companies currently think they're going to be. And two, defense applications using quantum technologies will come first. Three, if and when they do show up, they'll destroy existing businesses and create new ones. We'll describe each of these market segments in detail, but first a description of some quantum concepts. The first of those concepts is the word Quantum. The word quantum refers to quantum mechanics, which explains the behavior and properties of atomic or subatomic properties, such as electrons, neutrinos, and photons. Superposition. Quantum particles exist in many possible states at the same time, so a particle is described as a superposition of all those possible states. They fluctuate until observed and measured. Superposition underpins a number of potential quantum computing applications. Entanglement is what Einstein called spooky action at a distance. Two or more quantum objects can be linked so that measurement of one dictates the outcomes of the other, regardless of how apart they are. Entanglement underpins a number of potential quantum communications applications. Observation Superposition and entanglement only exist as long as quantum particles are not observed or measured. 
If you observe the quantum state, you get information, but it results in the collapse of the quantum system. Qubit is short for a quantum bit. It is a quantum computing element that leverages the principles of superposition to encode information via one of four methods, spin, trapped atoms and ions, photons, or superconducting circuits. Quantum computers are a really cool idea. They harness the unique behavior of quantum physics, such as superposition, entanglement, and quantum interference, and apply it to computing. In a classical computer, transistors can represent two states, either zero or one. Instead of transistors, quantum computers use quantum bits, called qubits. Qubits exist in superposition, both in zero and one state, simultaneously. Classic computers use transistors as the physical building blocks of logic. In quantum computers, they may use trapped ions, superconducting loops, quantum dots, or vacancies in a diamond. The jury is still out. In a classic computer, 2 to 14 transistors make up the seven basic logic gates, AND, OR, NAND, etc. In a quantum computer, building a single logical qubit requires a minimum of nine, but more likely hundreds or thousands of physical qubits to make up for error correction, stability, decoherence, and fault tolerance. In a classical computer, compute power increases linearly with the number of transistors and clock speed. In a quantum computer, compute power increases exponentially with the addition of each logical qubit. But qubits have high error rates and need to be ultra-cold. In contrast, classical computers have very low error rates and operate at room temperature. Finally, classical computers are great for general-purpose computing. But quantum computers can theoretically solve some complex algorithms and problems exponentially faster than a classical computer. And with a sufficient number of logical qubits, they can become a cryptographically relevant quantum computer, a CRQC. And this is where quantum computers become very interesting and relevant for both commercial and national security. Quantum computers could potentially do things at speeds current computers cannot. Think of the difference of how fast you can count on your fingers versus how fast today's computers can count. That's the same order of magnitude speed up a quantum computer could have over today's computers for certain applications. Quantum computers fall into four categories. 1. Quantum emulator or simulator. 2. Quantum annealer. 3. NISQ. Noisy Intermediate Scale Quantum, and four, Universal Quantum Computer, which can be a cryptographically relevant quantum computer, CQRC. When you remove all the marketing hype, the only type that matters is number four, a Universal Quantum Computer, and we're at least a decade or more away from having those. Quantum Emulator or Simulator these are classical computers that you can buy today that simulate quantum algorithms. They make it easy to test and debug a quantum algorithm that someday may be able to run on a universal quantum computer. Since they don't use any quantum hardware, they are no faster than standard computers. A quantum annealer 
is a special purpose quantum computer designed to only run combinatorial optimization problems, not general purpose computing or cryptography problems. D-Wave has defined and owned this space. While they have more physical qubits than any other current system, they are not organized as gate-based logical qubits. Currently, this is a nascent commercial technology in search of a future viable market. Noisy Intermediate Scale Quantum, or NISQ, computers. Think of these as prototypes of a universal quantum computer with several orders of magnitude fewer bits. They currently have 50 to 100 qubits, limited gate depths, and short coherence times. As they are short several orders of magnitude of qubits, NISQ computers cannot perform any useful computation. However, they are a necessary phase in the learning, especially to drive total system and software learning in parallel to the hardware development. Think of them as the training wheels for future universal quantum computers. And then there are universal quantum computers and the cryptographically relevant quantum computers. This is the ultimate goal. If you could build a universal quantum computer with fault tolerance, such as millions of error-correcting physical qubits resulting in thousands of logical qubits, you could run quantum algorithms in cryptography, search and optimization, quantum system simulations, and linear equation solvers. These all would dramatically outperform classical computation on large, complex problems that grow exponentially as more variables are considered. Classical computers can attack these problems in reasonable times without so many approximations that the result is useless. We simply run out of time and transistors with classical computing on these problems. These special algorithms are what make quantum computers potentially valuable. For example, Grover's algorithm solves the problem of the unstructured search of data. Further, quantum computers are very good at minimization and optimizations. Think minimizing complex supply chains, energy states to form complex molecules, financial models, etc. However, while all of these algorithms might have commercial potential one day, no one has yet to come up with a use for them that would radically transform any business or military application. Except for one. And that one keeps people awake at night. It's Shor's algorithm for integer factorization, an algorithm that underlies much of existing public cryptography systems. The security of today's public key cryptography systems rests on the assumption that breaking into those with a thousand or more digits is practically impossible. It requires factoring into large prime numbers, for example, RSA, or elliptic curve, for example, ECDSA and EHDC, or finite fields, DSA, that can't be done with any type of classic computer regardless of how large. Shor's factorization algorithm can crack these codes if run on a universal quantum computer. Uh-oh. Not only would a universal quantum computer running Shor's algorithm make today's public key algorithms used for asymmetric key exchanges and digital signatures useless, someone can implement a harvest now and decrypt later attack to record encrypted documents now 
with intent to decrypt them in the future. That means everything you send encrypted today will be able to be read retrospectively. Many applications, from ATMs to emails, would be vulnerable unless we replace these algorithms with those that are quantum safe. When will current cryptographic systems be vulnerable? The good news is that we're nowhere near having any viable cryptography-relevant quantum computer, now or in the next few years. However, you can estimate when this will happen by calculating how many logical qubits are needed to run Shor's algorithm and how long it will take to break these crypto systems. There are lots of people tracking these numbers. Their estimate is that using 8,194 logical qubits, using 22.27 million physical qubits, it would take a quantum computer 20 minutes to break RSA 2048. The best estimate is that this might be possible in 8 to 20 years. That means if you want to protect the content you're sending now, you need to migrate to new post-quantum, quantum-resistant codes. But there are three things to consider in doing so. One is shelf life, the number of years the information must be protected by cyber systems. Two, migration time, the number of years needed to properly and safely migrate the system to a quantum-safe solution. And three, threat lifeline, the number of years before threat actors will be able to break the quantum-vulnerable systems. These new cryptographic systems would secure against both quantum and conventional computers and can interoperate with existing communication protocols and networks. The symmetric key algorithms of the Commercial National Security Algorithm, CNSA suite, were selected to be secure for national security systems usage even if a QRQC is developed. Cryptographic schemes that commercial industry believes are quantum safe include lattice-based cryptography, hash trees, multivariate equations, and supersingular isogeny elliptic curves. Estimates of when you can actually buy a fully error-corrected quantum computer vary from never to somewhere between 8 to 20 years from now. Some optimists believe even earlier. Quantum communications does not equal quantum computers. A quantum network's value comes from its ability to disrupt entanglement. These communication devices manipulate the quantum properties of photons and particles of light to build quantum networks. This market includes secure quantum key distribution, clock synchronization, random number generation, and, network and networking of quantum military sensors, computers, and other systems. Quantum cryptography and quantum key distribution can distribute keys between authorized partners connected by a quantum channel and a classical authenticated channel. It can be implemented by fiber optics or free space transmission. China transmitted entangled photons at one pair of entangled particles per second over 1,200 kilometers in a satellite link using the MISIA satellite. The good it can detect the presence of an eavesdropper, a feature not provided in standard cryptography. The bad? Quantum key distribution can't be implemented in software or as a service on a network and cannot be easily integrated into existing network equipment. It lacks flexibility for upgrades or security patches. 
Securing and validating quantum key distribution is hard, and it's only one part of a cryptographic system. The view from the National Security Agency, NSA, is that quantum-resistant or post-quantum cryptography is a more cost-effective and easily maintained solution than quantum key distribution. NSA does not support the usage of QKD or QC to protect communications in national security systems. They do not anticipate certifying or approving any quantum cryptography or quantum key distribution security products for usage by national security system customers unless these limitations are overcome. However, if you're a commercial company, these systems may be worth exploring. Commercial quantum random number generators that use quantum effects entanglement to generate non-deterministic randomness are available today. Government agencies can already make quality random numbers and don't need these devices. Random number generators will remain secure even when a cryptographically relevant quantum computer is built. Quantum sensors do not equal quantum computers either. This segment consists of quantum sensing, quantum magnetometers, gravimeters, etc. Quantum timing, which is precise time measurement and distribution, and quantum imaging, quantum radar, low SNR imaging, etc. Each of these areas can create entirely new commercial products or entirely new industries. For example, new classes of medical devices or military systems. For example, anti-submarine warfare, detecting stealth aircraft, finding hidden tunnels and weapons of mass destruction. Some of these are achievable even in the near term. First-generation quantum timing devices already exist as microwave atomic clocks. They are used in GPS satellites to triangulate accurate positioning. The internet and computer networks use network time servers and the NTP protocol to receive the atomic clock time from either the GPS systems or a radio transmission. The next generation of quantum clocks are even more accurate and use laser-cooled single ions confined together in an electromagnetic ion trap. This increased accuracy is not only important for scientists attempting to measure dark matter and gravitational waves, but miniaturized, more accurate atomic clocks will allow precision navigation in GPS-degraded, denied areas, such as in commercial and military aircraft, in tunnels and caves, etc. Quantum imaging is one of the most interesting and near-term applications. First-generation magnetometers, such as superconducting quantum interference devices, SQUIDs, already exist. New quantum sensor types of imaging devices use entangled light, accelerometers, magnetometers, electrometers, gravity sensors. These allow measurements of frequency, acceleration, rotation rates, electric and magnetic fields, photons, or temperature with levels of extreme sensitivity and accuracy. These new sensors use a variety of quantum effects, electronic, magnetic, or vibrational states, or spin qubits, neutral atoms, or trapped ions. Or they use quantum coherence to measure a physical quantity, or use quantum entanglement to improve the sensitivity or precision of a measurement beyond what is possible classically. Quantum imaging applications 
can have immediate uses for archaeology and profound military applications. For example, submarine detection using quantum magnetometers or satellite gravimeters could make the ocean transparent. It would compromise the survivability of sea-based nuclear deterrent by detecting and tracking subs deep underwater. Quantum sensors and quantum radar from companies like Rydberg can be game-changers. Gravimeters or quantum magnetometers could also detect concealed tunnels, bunkers, and nuclear materials. Magnetic resonance imaging could remotely ID chemical and biological agents. Quantum radar, or LIDAR, would enable extreme detection of electromagnetic emissions, enhancing ELID and electronic warfare capabilities. It can use fewer emissions to get the same detection results for better detection accuracy at the same power levels, even detecting stealth aircraft. Finally, ghost imaging uses the quantum properties of light to detect distant objects using very weak illumination beams that are difficult for the imaged target to detect. It can increase the accuracy and lessen the amount of radiation exposed to a patient during x-rays. It can see through smoke and clouds. Quantum illumination is similar to ghost imaging, but could provide an even greater sensitivity. Countries across the world are making major investments to the tune of about $24 billion in 2021 in quantum research and applications. Lessons learned. Quantum technologies are emerging and disruptive to companies and defense. Quantum technologies cover quantum computing, quantum communications, and quantum sensing and metrology. Quantum computing could obsolete existing cryptography systems. Quantum communication could allow secure cryptography keys distribution and networking of quantum sensors and computers. Quantum sensors could make the ocean transparent for anti-submarine warfare, create unjammable A2AD, detect stealth aircraft, find hidden tunnels and weapons of mass destruction. Few of these technologies are available now, some in the next five years, and a few are a decade or more out. Tens of billions of public and private capital dollars are being invested in them. Defense applications will come first. The largest commercial applications won't be the ones we currently think they're going to be. When they do show up, they'll destroy existing businesses and create new ones. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We would like to hear from you, so please send your thoughts to comments at clearshore.us or visit us at clearshore.us. If you would like this show delivered to you automatically, you can subscribe to the Clearshore Podcasts on iTunes. Wishing you all the best until next time.